Hey, hey, my friends, here we go. Yeah, podcast number 230. It's a 200 and 232. Okay, so last week was the Olive Road Trip. And then uh, I posted that podcast on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? It was. And then we left on Wednesday. So I got my mom here. Say hi, Coco. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we. so we went. We, we, <laughs> we drove. Yeah, we drove 1,100 miles round trip. No, no, 1,600 miles round trip, basically, to get the olives and then some. So what, what did you think about the road trip, Coco? Well, at the beginning, I was excited to try to get the olives, you know, going to get the olives. But in the middle of the, ro- the, middle of the trip, I was getting a little tired. Yeah, what did you think about driving in, in California? It was a man house. <laughs> I was always just amazed how people drive in and out, in and out, and it, it was just very stressful for me. Yeah, super fast, super crazy. I, I, I posted something on Facebook that said driving in California is like pod racing on Tatooine. Felt like Anakin Skywalker, stuff blowing up everywhere. Yeah, crazy drivers, crazy, crazy drivers, California. But we had a good time at the Atlantis Hotel in Reno. We spent the night in Reno. We did six hours, spent the night in Reno. Then we got up and we drove to Fresno. And we kicked it in Fresno, spent the night in Fresno. But then we had an extra day, had an extra day because a friend of mine who was going to put us up couldn't do it after I already booked a non-refundable room at the Atlantis. And then the olives, we had to order those. Uh, they pick them for us so they could not get them to us early basically we had an extra day in california yeah and it was fabulous because i don't know if any of you watched the movie uh mcferland usa uh it's about runners and i've been communicated with one of the um main characters in the movie his name is Thomas. thomas Valles. And so I told my son as we were driving, I saw Mark Forlan and I said, we need to get in touch with him. So I did send him a message and lo and behold, he answered me. And he says, what are you doing in this part of the country? Yeah, we were actually on our way down to uh, Tejon uh, Outlet Mall because I bought a, I, I bought, I got a smoking deal on a 1990 Bontrager race light uh, frame, high-end componentry. It's it's a steal at a thousand dollars for a vintage mountain bike. Um, so I was going down to pick that up because I had an extra day in California. It was only a couple hours. He met us there, and then Mama got a hold of Thomas. And the next thing you know, like we're picking up the bike and we're driving to McFarland. We're driving to McFarland, and what do we do? We meet Thomas. He gives us a tour. We meet Blanco, Coach Jim White. It was amazing um, when Coach Jim White and Blanco came to the restaurant where he actually stopped by in the movie entering Mark Forland, and it was an amazing visit with him. They were wonderful Thomas had to do something, so he left a little bit early. But we had the privilege to be eating tacos with um, Coach Jim White El Blanco. 
Yeah, it was a good time. It was kind of like a kind of like a dream come true, spontaneous road trip twist. And then we had that free day anyway, so we we completed that, and then we drove back to Fresno to spend the night at a different Airbnb. So this Airbnb had the Yellowstone National Park theme. So Mama slept in the Yellowstone room. I slept in the Yosemite room. You know, it was a good time, but it wasn't quite as nice as the apartment, the Airbnb beforehand, right? So then the next day we get up and we drive to uh, Verney, Verney Farms, and we pick up 105 olives. But, well, actually we got there. They weren't, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. They told us to come back. They were still picking them, looking for the big ones. And uh, they gave us a call. We, we went into Clovis, California, and did some... Uh, shopping? Well, yeah, we did some shopping the day before, but basically we, we drank coffee and ate food. And then, uh, then they gave us a call. Then we went to Verney Farms, which was great. And then we picked up 105 pounds of olives and two gallons of their olive oil because we're going to need that. Yeah, and then what happened? We drove all the way back to Reno. With uh, Our car was stuffed like an olive. <laughs> yeah, not to mention Mama got a traveling coffee shop. <laughs> I have my coffee, a small coffee pot and about 25 uh, hazelnuts, yeah, 25 creamers, creamers 40 and sugar. sugars. But it, it was a great trip. Yeah, I and enjoyed. the coffee maker. Oh, and the coffee maker, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we ended up driving back to uh, back to Reno and then got up and drove all the way back to Boise. So it's about 760 miles each way. So we did about 1,500 miles. That extra day, we put on some extra miles because I went and got the, the bicycle. Um, and we stopped in McFarland. Yeah, we stopped in McFarland. So that was a bonus day for both of us. But now here we are. We're sitting with 105 pounds of olives in our living room, figuring out how we're going to turn our apartment into an olive processing factory. And then Mama freaking out because basically the olives are, some of them are starting to get ready. So, <laughs> Well, they, you know, it takes one. like, it takes about two weeks after you pick the olives or so. But the olives, you know, they were in the car. It was warm. And um, this morning when I get up, I... I can start seeing the color changing in the olives yesterday night. And this morning, <clears throat> more of them, they turn kind of... Um, they're turning a little dark brown. A little dark brown, so, but they're ready. So you just have to crush them and um, and opens up and take the pit out. Yeah, well, last year, that was that was a brutal process. We, we ha actually had to hand pit them. And we tried a number of different things, and none of it worked. So this year... I had a friend make a couple olive crunching machines out of wood. Pretty basic. I'm going to pick them up tomorrow, and I guess we're going to start smashing olives and pitting them and getting them ready. All right, so that, you know, that's just a little recap of the crazy road trip we took. Uh, I put some stuff up on Facebook. I'll put a link on, on down here in the bottom. You can take a look at those posts. I called it the Great Olive Pilgrimage of 2021. Because basically that was slightly crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's amazing that we got the olives back, so we can process them, and we're gonna start the process tomorrow. We're actually gonna start tonight <clears throat> by separating yeah. the olives. So uh, let let's let's 
Let's change gears. Let's switch gears here. When did you start making olives, Coco? Well, I met your father in 1965. We got married in 1966. And my mother-in-law immediately said, once you guys come back from the honeymoon, um, you're going to start the process um, making tomato sauce and um, the olives. And also we can eggplants. So that's when I first started in 1966. The summer of 1966. The summer of 66. <coughs> and then what did you, th you did that every year. I grew up watching these olives being made. Yeah, we made them um, every two years or so. As you, you know, the stock is um, getting shorter. Then you order, it's only one month out of the year that you can order the olives. And then it's late September, but actually it's o the whole month of October. This one that um, yeah. is ready to um, harvest. Get the, harvest the olives. Yeah, only if they're ready, though. The <coughs> other company <coughs> sold out. So last year we had 40 pounds shipped to us, but uh, that company sold out early. We weren't paying enough attention, so we ended up driving. And then my mom tells me that she used to do 100 pounds by herself. Uh, and we're about to do 105 pounds as a family this year. Yeah, that, that's going to be nice. Plus, we have the olive crusher, which is going to help us a lot because before we crush the olives with a stone, a brick stone, so um, yeah, one by one. Yeah, basically barrio style. We tried a few different, few different techniques, but this olive, this wooden olive machine is really going to help us out. So it's going to speed up the process, and then, uh, then we got to process 105 olives. I, I mentioned what the process was like. So after we pit them, which is incredibly difficult and time-consuming, then we got to put them in vats of water and soak them for like two weeks. Yeah, and then we drain it twice a day. So I get up in the morning, and I drain the water out, and then I got to fill it up, and then at night I drain the water out, and I fill it up. Basically, our kitchen looks like a Looks like we're brewing beer. I mean, it gets a little crazy. It's going to be hard to move for a while. Um, but they're great to eat. Well, I'll tell you what. People we don't even know. Well, actually, people we haven't heard from in 35 years have been getting a hold of us. Like, hey, I heard you guys are making the olives again. Maybe you should send us some. Yeah, I, I spent a huge amount of money getting down to California for those olives. Unless you want to spend big cash on these olives, I don't think... Too many are going to get out. I don't think too many jars are going to get out. So if anybody wants to see the process, come over and help us to crack the olives. Okay, anything else you want to say about the olive process? or the? No, I think the process of the olives is, is a wonderful, um, you know, tradition that has been in our family for many years. And for my mother-in-law, you know, before she came to United States, uh, doing the olives and the um, tomato sauce, etc. But um, yeah, every year we used to do them um, and go and pick the tomatoes. So I'm kind of excited to do 105 pounds. It's going to last us for a little while. Um, and then, well, maybe go back and pick more olives. Um, no, we'll see no, what happens. No, no, we're not going to go drive and get more olives. We're going to buy them and have them get shipped to us. That's the way to do it. We just have to pay more attention because that was a huge amount of work, and I did all the driving, and it was pretty taxing. We had a great time, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a 
uh, it's a huge amount of work. Well, in where we went and, and picked the olives is actually an oil company that has been, you know, came, the guy, the original owner came from Italy and brought all the stuff with him. Um, and so his son and his grandson, now they're they doing the process uh, growing the olives for oil. So what we did is we got um, two gallons of the oil they make, so we're going to um, put the, the oil on the olives so to yeah, be that's, cured. That's the final stage after they get <clears throat> smashed, uh, gravity pressed. Once so we squeeze, yeah, we squeeze all the water out. Then we got to put them in jars with a little bit of oil. I figured we might as well use the same oil, uh, yeah, from the olive company. They produce, you know, they sell a lot of raw olives to local people and markets and vendors. And then they also process, they're more famous for their olive oil, vernies. So uh, I figured, well, we might as well use their oil. So... Tonight, I'm starting the process um, because they're getting extremely ripe, and I don't want to lose them. So um, it was nice talking to you and let you know the process of our um, olive making uh, in our family, the Anastasio family. Yeah, so uh, are you excited to do the olives again? Well, I am kind of excited because now we're going to have the uh, crusher, which will be a lot faster. Yeah, plus we're looking at some presses, and then, uh, you know, my taste buds don't work that well, so it's a little difficult for me to, to cook well. And then, uh, yeah, even nobody, my family doesn't want me to do any cooking, basically. Um, but hopefully my brother, Esteban, picks up on some, some techniques here, and we get pretty good at processing the olives. I'm a little more on the mechanical end, so I came up, you know, I came up, I did the driving to get the olives. I came up with the uh, I found a way to get the olive crushers made and then I'm looking for a siphon and I'm trying to make the process a lot easier we're probably going to have to get a storage unit for all the equipment we're about to buy and uh, I'm already coming up with designs for the the great olive pilgrimage of 2021 okay my friends that's about it that's about it little interview with my mama mama coco Say goodbye, Coco. Okay, goodbye, and thank you for listening. All right, and then as my mama likes to say, stay safe, be cool. See, I told you, he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. <laughs>